Hello and welcome to Right in the Field, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and just shoves it down a drain so no one can find it until later, until you're too old to understand what anything new is. Is this on fleek? No, I don't know. So I just talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer with my friends. And today with me, I have my wife, Emily. Thanks for coming. Hey. <laughs> and I have, as always, Chelsea. Okay. Thanks for all the excitement, guys, and I am your faithful host, Terry, and today, if you didn't catch on from my really angry reference, we were talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer in all of its glorious iterations, and if you didn't get it from my recap, this podcast is a nostalgia podcast where we talk about pop culture that used to matter and now doesn't, but we're still here talking about it because we haven't moved on. <laughs> I mean, uh, why would I move on from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? There really peaks at that at that point. All of exactly. Cinema, or all of film, or not film. All of TV. Nothing really can compare. Exactly. When you have people like Luke Perry and Paul Rubens and uh, that chick who played like third or fourth fiddle from Big Daddy. The Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie is amazing. But also, I guess the show is fine as well. I think you have a a little bit backwards there. No, you have it backwards and we'll get into that here in a little bit. So first, let's start off with a little summation of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you didn't get it from the name, (laughs) the titular Buffy, she is a, how would you describe it? A vampire slayer? She is the only one. Well, no. Then she doesn't end up being the only one. But she's a feminist icon, for sure. I really wanted somebody to just chime in with the opening. Do you guys remember shows in the 90s? When even with a name like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the opening credits still had to explain the entire premise of the show still. You mean Law and and Order still to this day? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair to Law and Order, Law and Order's audience are people that yeah, Law and Order is made for people who only watched TV back then when they needed to explain the full premise. But the reason why they had that opening monologue for the credits of Buffy is because the theme song doesn't explain the entire plot like all the other theme songs of the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it has one of the best theme songs of all time, though. Cover like not covered. It's done by the Offspring. Like how fucking cool is that? Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. Do the whole acapella song, honey. I would love it. <laughs> but seriously, like, I was, I was waiting for their fucking theme song. Is there anything more '90s than Buffy? Tell me right now, because I don't think there is. Maybe Lisa Frank folders. I was um, just gonna actually say Lisa Frank, <laughs> like belted, <laughs> belted posters. <laughs> the only thing I can think of, like that that show was so cool. Let's put it this way: so my Friday night like lineup, like there was TGIF, of course, I've been there. We don't have to talk about that, but we would cut it short to watch Buffy. We would switch over to WB, and Buffy, if you don't know, was made for teenagers. It was teen everything. Before the CW, it was WB with Buffy. Honestly, same time as Degrassi, but before Degrassi really hit mainstream. Like, Buffy Honestly, really was the teen drama. It's just feet Buffy, like how everyone else is feet Santana, but really, it's Santana. Like- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, no Rob Thomas to be found. This is Santana featuring Rob Thomas, okay? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I love I, I love when Rob he did Thomas Iris. I I love when he did Iris. He didn't and, do Iris uh, first of all. Uh, teardrops on Jupiter. Uh, uh, it's not even the name of the song. You're so upsetting. <laughs> this g- goodbye. Nobody cares. I have to get out of this call now. All five I'm people, the people they've stopped care. listening. Uh, if if you don't know what we're talking about. Exactly. Go and listen to our 90s pop hits episode. You can listen to me and Chelsea argue about how uh, Britney Spears is arguably better than Rob Thomas. And what's the name of his band? 
Listen, exactly. the only no thing one we, knows. No one listen, cares. the only thing that we don't argue about in the whole episode is how Kid Rock is either bottom two or top two. There's no <laughs> in between. <laughs> he just makes no sense. He is an anomaly. All yeah. right, back to back to Buffy though. So I joked a little bit, but a lot of people don't know because the show was so popular and really skyrocketed Joss Whedon, Sarah Michelle Geller, and everybody else in that show, kind of. Uh, there was a few people <laughs> that got stuck. Yeah, Allison Hannigan kept going. The guy who played Xander really did not. Uh, neither did his twin brother. But the other people I mentioned definitely took off. David Boreanaz uh, did some things. Like, his own uh, spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> he did have, that's right, you're right. He was on <laughs> Angel as well. Um, they still use his likeness in all the Angel paraphernalia. Uh, it, but other than that, <laughs> bones. Um, but... Before all of that was done, there was a movie which was meant to skyrocket Joss Whedon and this other group of people into stardom, and that was still aptly called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it is canonical to the show. A lot of people don't know that either. Um, the first episode of Buffy has this really weird non-sequitur. We're just, like, talking to the, the teachers and the principal, and she's like, yeah, I had trouble at my last high school. And they're like, yeah, you burned it down. People are like, what the <laughs> fuck? And she's like, yeah, I fought vampires before, but I'm over it. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what is <laughs> Shows didn't do this, okay? Shows didn't start, like, halfway through. It's like they established the premise with the theme song, and then they did a monologue, and then they jumped into the adventures. There was was an opening laugh always. Exactly. exactly. The laugh track was going. This one skipped it all, except for the really annoying, and she is the Slayer. Only one person can (laughs) save us all. I'm like, okay, thanks, man. I kind of got that from the title, but okay. Why does it the same guy that does the announcing on Mortal Kombat? That's what I don't understand. (laughs) There's no K in Buffy. <laughs> They're trying to fit it in. Um, but the movie, honestly, is one of my favorites. It's not a good film. I'll I'll mention that Joss Whedon wrote it. There was a lot of meddling from the studio because they just didn't understand what the the tone was because there wasn't a lot of that teenage drama with supernatural stuff that hit in the 90s. That wasn't a thing. So the movie was starting to be produced in the late 80s. I don't think it came out until like 91, 92, somewhere around there. I had the Wikipedia page up, but I wasn't reading it. It's Um, 92. 92, okay. So it wasn't that far. Um, But it starred like people that would later on go on to be huge hits. At the time, Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens played a vampire in it. Uh, Luke Perry was in it. Hilary Swank plays this really ditzy like side other cheerleader character um for like no reason like that was like one of her like <laughs> earlier roles but christy swanson played buffy at the time and she was huge um i wouldn't say like breakout role by any means because obviously she didn't do much after that but she was kind of a heartthrob at the time um yeah. partly it's like what happens when you play a teenager when you have fake breasts in the late 80s early 90s it's just like people are like oh there's something interesting about that woman we're like well there are two things that you're talking about and she was kind of overshadowed by all the people who did the exact same thing a few years later with uh what was that lifeguard show people running slow motion david they watched thank you but that really was her thing for a little bit it was uh the fact that that had happened to her they make fun of it a lot in her later movies that came out in the 90s like uh big daddy and a few others were just like yeah she was the girl who had a boob job in the 90s okay like she's even talked about it in interviews she was like that was kind of what i was known for and being that failed you know show or buffy the vampire slayer she actually referenced it a lot like in the 90s anyways (laughs) 
I mean, I'm just gonna let you keep going as long as you as long as you want to talk about the movie that there is not a lot to say about. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot to say about it except for it is it does have funny moments, but it is really weird tonally. Whereas in Buffy, like it, when it it almost switches modes, it goes from teenage drama to like action supernatural show to full on. Uh, I don't know, comedy of errors. Like, like you would get into it. Like, <laughs> I don't think comedy is the word I would use to describe the finale. No, but, no. But when you get into like the, like the witty dialogue and like how comical Buffy is, like she's almost Spider-Man ask when it comes to her crime fighting, she's always cracking wise. They're always on. Yeah. They're always on. It's very Gilmore girls. They always have a quip ready. And that's where I say comedy. And the movie tries to do that the same thing, but instead of blending it, it it feels like in one scene it's a comedy, in one scene it's this really melodramatic vampire, almost Dracula esque movie. Mm-hmm. Um, when the like the main vampire shows up, it, it like switches films. It doesn't work for a movie, I think, in my opinion. I don't think it's that different than the show. It just at the time because of meddling, because of all of the disparate voices that a movie goes through, you didn't have it. Whereas when you get to the show, it doesn't do that much different than the movie did, except for Joss Whedon was the showrunner and has way more control over a TV pilot, especially a TV pilot with as low of a budget as Buffy did. Like yeah, because that first season. <laughs> oh my god. Well, let, let, let's put it this way. So all unknowns, right? Almost everybody in the show had not done anything before Buffy, and almost all of the budget went to makeup on the vampires. Like that was the big thing. Joss Whedon also hadn't done much other than write that script, and he had done some other scripts and pilots as well. But this was his first big one. And so when it got to the fight scenes, like that first season, you it cuts to like the only wide shots of the entire show and you see people in very bad wigs that are very clearly not the actors sometimes not even trying to hide their faces at all um especially when the blu-rays came out and they didn't crop it to three four aspect ratio or four three aspect (laughs) ratio you can just see crew members like holding up cameras and booms and stuff like it reminds me so much of early early power rangers 100 like like, like, when you would see like somebody holding up the guy who got knocked over who's playing the megazord exactly exactly and there's just like a dude behind him trying to hold him up as the like the other monster marches over like it's exactly like that um, but unlike Power Rangers, the writing is just top notch with Buffy. So you have all of the, like, like I mentioned, the witty dialogue, but some really, really cool supernatural world building. And the blending of that is why I fell in love with it as a kid. Just like, okay, it's, it's, it's super dramatic, but also fucking hilarious. Like my father who hated anything that was even remotely teen watched it every single week. It was like, uh, appointment viewing for the entire family. It kind of brought us all together around the CRT TV that we called the big TV. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody somebody else talk, okay? I could talk about my experience with Buffy all day. I didn't watch it till later in life. Yeah, tell us about your touchstone since you discovered it, like, way later. Um, We actually have a pilot podcast that we're trying to do. If you go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash creations, you can hear us argue about this. So, Emily... Who recommended you watch Buffy, may I ask? You did. When did I recommend it? Was it when we first met in college? And when did you watch it? Was it right after I recommended it? Oh, absolutely not. Of course, of course. So when did you watch it? A couple years later. When somebody else recommended it? Yeah. You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm intruding on a lover's quarrel. (laughs) That's all there ever is. So tell us about it. um, I didn't... I didn't start watching it until I was, you know, an adult. I so can't hear her. It, it, it hits differently. Hold on, hold on. You can't hear us? I can't hear her. She sounds like she's super far away. 
Okay. Well, we're just talking to the mic. She's right here. Can you hear me now? I, yeah, now I can hear you. Yes. It just hits differently as an adult. Oh, it hits um, differently? Yes. I I remember you showing me the movie and me thinking, okay, yeah, that was that was good. I can get behind this. I'll start the show. And I remember the because that first season is just it's great but it's so different watching it later when it's so <laughs> far past it's you know it's time animation wise so the very second i saw the vampire faces i was like i don't know if i can do this really and but then they just grow on you like so, uh, now as soon as i got past the first season i was like it was just normal like i was like oh this is this is just Buffy. Can you hear us better now, Chels? Yeah, but she cut out for a good 10 seconds, 10, 12 seconds. Okay, but you can hear us now, though? Yeah, now I can hear you both, yeah. Yeah, so so to sum it up, we were just talking about, it, like, Emily didn't see it as she was an adult. We switched up mics, so so hopefully listeners at home, you can hear an improvement in quality. I think it was recording off my headset. But I, that's one point I have to disagree with you on. Like, I still think the makeup holds up. I still think that's one of my favorite parts of the entire show. Now, some of the... The demons, I think sometimes like that art's been done before. It, again, probably came from, I think a lot of that stuff like was popularized by Buffy. Not just that, but that's where I really have a touchstone for it. But I still think I love the vampire transformation. I th still think it's inspired and I think it looks good still. I do too, but that wasn't my first take on vampires like since i watched it later whereas twilight more... was twilight your first take on vampires just no. were you surprised that no they but they're not they're just later no <laughs> yes that was upsetting but they're just later now more portrayed like still like just like smooth like almost like human-esque still whereas that is such a it is an inspired look yeah but watching it later i was like what i I love it, though. I, I love it. Love it's not it. just, like, fangs, you know? And, like, there are occasional where the vampires do look like they just have fangs because, like, they have, like, midway transformations yeah. sometimes. But I loved that. The first time, I mean, it was uh, it was the girl that later on becomes a main bad guy in Angel. Um, it was, I can't think of her name in the show, but she sired Angel. Darla. In the show. Darla, thank you. Darla's, like, the first vampire you see in that entire series. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved the, the, the change. And also because later on they got more money for effects, they didn't just do the head turn, which was the thing throughout the entire <laughs> first season. Like, they would look down and they would look back up, now they're vampires. All right? Or cut away and cut back. Exactly. But later on they got mind. enough money... Never, never, never was there a wide change. But later on, like, especially in season two, they got more money for that budget and they did that transformation. And I loved that change. And it's because I think of my love for like practical effects. I think it's still it still holds up because it's not just CG or it's not no, just like it. plastic fangs, you know? Yeah. Um, plus, I like the take where they look more monstrous. It's not just they have fangs like they are creatures of the night. They are half demon. they are vampire exactly they're half demon in, in the like the lore of that like they come from demons i just i really really dug that um chelsea what's your touchstone for buffy so my touchstone goes before buffy i was really into before i had ever watched buffy i was really into charmed when it came on <laughs> similar yes. similar vibes it's right very, it's similar but it's like more adult almost for sure and it came out a little bit later yeah. and it was wasn't targeted at teens like no. uh charmed was targeted at like 24 year old uh girls who are just finishing college but still don't know if they want to talk to their dad yet yet we so... watched it <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah see, we all watched it as like a six-year-old right like <laughs> yeah it it came out what like a year or two i think it came out in 98 so it came out a year after buffy 
Okay. Right? Buffy's 97, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the TV um, show. Yeah, the TV show, not the movie. Oh, yeah, I never. I still have to this day have never seen the movie, so disclaimer alert for everybody. I think you would love it. Like, I know your love of Chad Michael Murray, and I know your love of really burned out, like, 90s heartthrobs. Luke Perry, main guy. David Arquette, second main guy. Uh, Paul Rubens doesn't fit into any of those things, but who doesn't love Pee Wee Herman? Another main guy in that. <laughs> I went on about Christy Swanson and her boobs for a little while. Christy Swanson's in it. And other than her boobs, it's like she actually holds up as Buffy. She's very funny in it. And Hilary Swank is fucking hilarious in it. So, uh, yeah, I'll put it on my list to watch at some point. Probably not till I see you again. So God okay. only knows when that will be. <laughs> but, so I really liked watching Charmed and then like my parents found out I because I obviously was young right I wasn't six I was probably watching it in like 2000 so I was like eight <laughs> yeah at six was an exaggeration Charmed came yeah out later we were older but still you're but, watching it in the mornings right, on and, TNT like everybody else yeah and then my parents <laughs> like realized that it's like an adult show and like obviously most of the adult references that were like sexual in nature especially were not something that I was picking up on but it was no. also like more violent you know whatever so my parents were like no you can't watch this and I was like but why <laughs> they were like because like, you can't it's for adults and I was like this seems stupid so then uh lo and behold I'm you know channel surfing after this and discover more vampires and supernatural stuff and I said I can just watch this and it came on later so my parents were not like more aware not as observant of, of my tv head nine o'clock on a friday they were over it kind of thing right exactly like you know my dad got up early for work like whatever so so then i started watching buffy and then you know there was always there would be like a block where you could watch a couple episodes at a time and i sort of had to catch up in that aspect i guess but so really it was not you know just it was not one of uh, the whole family watching it for me. It was I was forbidden to watch what I wanted to. So I found a uh, replacement that I would say arguably is, is better. I mean, it holds up better. I think I think you could argue that Buffy is better or superior than Charmed. But again, Charmed was definitely built off the foundation of Buffy with the drama oh, built yeah, around for it sure. and the yep. supernatural elements. I think they're 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 kindred spirits for sure. And I like Charmed. I know I'm talking a lot of shit, but I I enjoy Charmed. No, Have you seen I, the reboot yeah. of Charmed? I saw the first episode, and I said, this isn't what I want to watch. I did the exact same thing, but then I watched the rest of the first season, because that's how my head works, um, because I couldn't not know what happened. Right. <laughs> but we could d definitely do an episode on Charmed, because I have some thoughts, as I I'm sure people thoughts, yeah, so. would have assumed. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was going to recommend when you were asking for topics before we picked Buffy, I was going to recommend Charmed, but then you said Buffy, and I was like, oh, perfect, Emily can be on with us. Have you done Charmed? Have you watched Charmed? Oh, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, like, you could definitely do an episode like that for us, too. You could just be the one. When we go back to these weird supernatural shows from the 2000s, you I'll be on all in. of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen, uh, what was that Area 51 one? Roswell. Have you seen Roswell? No. I have like not. The, or the Roswell Stephen reboot? No. Stephen Amell's wife is in it, though, so. The reboot or the original? The reboot. Okay, because there was an original like that is that that came out around the same time as this. No, no, talking about the reboot. Okay, well, okay, of course the Mel's are on anything if it's related to the CW, him or one of his cousins or brothers or apparently wife is going to star in it. And uh, I'm not um, upset about it, Terry. So I don't know why you have to sound so judgmental. They're when you a say beautiful that. family. I'm not. Thank you. His daughter is so cute. <laughs> I love Stephen Amell. My favorite turn isn't actually him and Arrow. It's his turn on New Girl, where he played uh, a ditzy model boyfriend. 
and uh, I think it's really, really understated. I think he does a really good job with it. And I think that's really, really honed his acting chop. It's where he became someone else. It's where he became something else. A slayer, perhaps. No, that's just, that's his quote from Arrow when he goes to the island. He comes. Yeah, back yeah, yeah, Arrow. yeah, yeah. I know. I Come on, guys. We got to refocus. Okay, you're right. Refocusing back to Buffy. So let's talk about top 10 characters. Can't name 10 because all of the characters in this show are fucking amazing. And I think it's because it's written exactly like Gilmore Girls where no one is realistic. Everybody is hilarious and all of their dialogue is actually one person's voice. And it's just Joss Whedon's. I think it's being like, <laughs> I, I don't think there's a there is good character development. But when it comes to dialogue, everybody is the same person, just like Gilmore Girls. So unpopular opinion. I don't like Xander. What? Unpopular What's wrong with you? I fucking hate Dawn. I don't think that's unpopular, though. I think a lot of people don't like her. Oh, I don't like Dawn either. My favorite thing is I got to see it in real time. Like, people don't talk about it a lot anymore because now everyone knows the twist. And if you're watching it now, like, you've heard about it or something. But at the time, I got to watch my father and mother go, who the fuck is she? <laughs> <laughs> We're like, right. even, like, not to toot my own horn. I already, I got the gist. I was like, either we did miss something because that was a thing. It's appointment television, but you didn't have a lot of reruns at the time. And you definitely weren't recording them unless you had all the VHS tapes. Like, let me put it this way. My VCR was not that good. So we weren't recording all of them. You so there a was a chance. Exactly. Yeah, I, I did have a VCR. Thank you. It wasn't that poor. I mean, I was, but we definitely stole a VCR. Um, but like, there was a chance. You're like, did we miss an episode? It's like, no, this was supposed to be the first episode of the season. Okay, they're gonna do something here. It's a supernatural show. It, I I got the idea that there was some sort of deja vu moment that was gonna come. My parents, on the other hand, were not having it. They did not come from that generation. They were not giving it any leeway. They're like, they wrote in a fucking sister. And <laughs> as we've talked about it a million times, because my par my parents were a lot of things, but what they were were lovers of pop culture. And they're like, this is just like what happened on Boy Meets World. <laughs> But she had been there, and then she was gone. And then she 100%. And honestly, that, that might have just been a conversation I had later on in life with my parents. I don't know if that's when it happened. I think Boy Meets World might have been on at the exact same time. So. Uh, oh, definitely was airing. Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, so I don't know when they brought back the sister, but it was a lot like that. But I got to see, I remember my dad going, who the fuck is this child? Like, that was, she was not, she, did she have a sister? No. What is this? He's got to pull his notebook out and take a note. <laughs> He's like throwing his sister. the TV. Oh, uh, and it was, it was pretty entertaining. But I, I liked Dawn. I liked what they did with Dawn. I think she was supposed to be an annoying character. And I know sometimes people don't enjoy that because they're like, I'm annoyed. But I think that was the point. She was supposed to be the annoying little sister. And I loved just I loved all the supernatural wrinkles they always threw in. Uh, honestly, and I, I like Xander, too, to talk about that. Like, I think he is a crappy dude. I think that's the point of his character is. No, he's it's it's well written. I get that. Like, that was supposed to be his character. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's not annoying. Enjoy him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I can't him. Him. <laughs> I like I liked that. It's a note from Emily. Like <laughs> I I liked it because um when it comes to, like the witticisms of the entire show, while everybody was written in a way where it's like, oh, everyone has snappy quips, they still looked at Buffy and Xander as weird for being witty. And I enjoyed that because Buffy was weird, but she was attractive. So the people in her high school were like, oh, I guess she's just the weird hot girl who does who knows how to read, even though she didn't. So she all of her literary references made no sense because she always talked about it like she wasn't a nerd. But she would make really, really deep pop culture references. I'm like, well, you had to have read some shit because how yeah, else would you, you must know that? like have you didn't get this through osmosis. So exactly it's coming from somewhere. 
And even though Xander was in very good shape, they always treated him like he was the weird looking nerdy guy. So when he made pop culture references or quick wit, they were like, what the shut up nerd. Like, you know, and hit him with a piece, <laughs> like rolled up piece of paper. Um, so I, I just, I really like that juxtaposition of them, but I get it. I get why people are like, who the fuck is this guy? But it was also the first time I saw like the nerd hookup with the hot chick plot line, which has been repeated in every show ever. Um, but that was really entertaining. It was kind of a redemption for Cordelia and for Xander. I know a lot of people didn't like him before that. Apparently you didn't like him after that. But... I didn't like him before or after <laughs> Exactly. <that. laughs> At no point did she like him. Get it right. So another maybe unpopular opinion. I really liked Willow a lot at the beginning and then I really fell off for me like probably season five. Hello? I like I liked okay, her I like, becoming no I, I like that they made her a witch. It was again it was one of the first times you'd seen like because now there's so many superhero shows all of the sidekicks on the show eventually become superheroes in their own right right? But yeah. that was one of the first times where you had seen it. Like Xander gets his super military powers from being, you know, like the Halloween episode. She becomes a witch. I really liked how they made them more useful because originally she was just the hacker character. And even in the 90s, I was like, this is stupid. That's not how computers work. <laughs> like, it was just annoying. Like, there is an episode where she hacks into the mainframe, you know, uh, you know, typing really fast because that's how you do it. And sometimes you need help being a second compare hands to hack faster wade from kim possible yeah I know. exactly <laughs> exactly every episode of ncis um sometimes you need two people typing on the same keyboard that's how you really hack um, um <laughs> the whole thing is like i didn't mind the fact that she became a witch i thought that was really cool and i really um enjoyed her relationship with tara but um i think I tara is arguably a more interesting character i think that's yeah, part of the issue right it's part of like what happens is that i think that she's a better character and then Willow, like, is just really being selfish when she, like, becomes... I know that it's, like, a metaphor for addiction and, you know, whatever. But it just... It felt super forced and, like, it didn't feel believable to the character that she had been prior. You mean when she goes dark, Willow? Yeah. Uh, Again, it might just be my love for the show, but, like, I love that part. I I like it. I do disagree. I don't like her character. Yeah. I don't like it, but I also... It's the thing with Xander. Like, that's how it was supposed to feel. I didn't think it felt forced because I think that Willow for so long felt so helpless. Yeah. So I think it made sense that she felt... It didn't feel forced that she would go to this thing that right. made her feel powerful i always like there was always an issue with it because obviously it's like the only it's the only gay couple on the entire show and they kill off one of them that becomes like a big trope in all of pop culture which is really annoying but part of it is i thought that was like the strongest couple so i still felt for it when it happened i didn't think it was poorly written but that's coming from you know a straight white dude so i know that take that with a caveat right <laughs> like pinch of salt yeah. got a penicillin but i just i have always enjoyed when any of like the loved ones die like angel gets killed uh anya gets killed tara gets killed like that's kind of a trope not just for the gay couples but all the couples in joss whedon stuff in especially in buffy where it's like they're taking away what matters most to these characters and also that was the realest relationship on the show and it lasted more than a season and they actually had development whereas instead of just like all right they fucked once and now they have a will they won't they like mr big and whatever is her name carrie whatever the main character is from sex in the city like, I've always hated that relationship because it was so back and forth. Whereas in Tara and Willow, while they were back and forth, they were really mostly back the entire time. And, and I feel like, it was Tara, like, like you said, like Tara was just a, a better written character for yeah. the point where, where the show was at when she enters. And then also, like, I feel like 
I was more engrossed in what was happening with her and Willow was just being annoying. Like all these people are like trying to help you and like, you know what I mean? Have helped you for so long and have been there for you. And like, I just, it just didn't, it just didn't make sense to me, right. I guess. Like, I that's also part of it, especially rewatching it. But even watching it at the time is teenagers are like that, you know, teenagers are dramatic yeah. no, and yeah, they're definitely. inconsolable. And also they don't want help. You know, they don't want, they want to figure it out themselves. And I think that's one of the really annoying parts of it when you watch this stuff is they're they're portraying teenagers accurately, but accurate teenagers are fucking annoying. <laughs> well, and I mean, you can... Sorry, go ahead. Em. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, to take that even to a further extreme, that's what the whole show is, right? Like, Sunnydale, the high school is a hell mouth, and it's because high school is hell, and especially the first, like, two seasons where they Whoa, have, like, that metaphor. <laughs> exactly, but you know what I mean? Like, all of the, like, people that they fight were the monster of the week in the first, I mean, maybe not season two, but the first season, definitely, like, it's all tropes. Like, oh, everybody ignores her, so she turns invisible. You know, her mom is manipulated. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so it, it was sort of heavy-handed in that aspect, like, throughout. I guess. So then I didn't need to see it after they had moved on and got to better stuff. <laughs> That's true, but I mean like that follows you at every age in life. Yeah. And I think that Willow People are like, shitty. Well, and in <laughs> high school like bef- that later on, you know, they're out of high school when that starts to happen with Willow. She's growing up and she's becoming like not just the sidekick to Buffy. Right, whereas right. she was really okay with that in high school because she didn't she, she was, was such a pushover, right? She was such a pushover. She was really only friends with, like, Xander. And for Buffy to want to be her friend was enough. Yeah, because That's she, true. like, yeah. she, she started to outgrow that. She had her own needs. And I can't stand that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like the, the women with agency thing obviously bothers all of us because that's not okay. But uh, <laughs> you can't see I was hit off uh, off screen I as I should it. have I been. Even yeah, joke or not, I should be hit for saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is nice too because like when I say those things, I have to wait for you, and hopefully you're listening so people will know it's a joke. Chelsea, it's good to have Emily here so when I make jokes like that, I can get hit and people can hear like the act of punishment. <laughs> like it's like if you, like if you watch How I Met Your Mother and the Barney character says something super sexist and annoying you're like well that's not okay but then no one like makes fun of him for it like okay is that just what this show is like it's awful whereas Listen, in- <laughs> and you love how i met your mother and one of us does not love it and it's me so what does that say about you I, i'm a piece of shit i don't know i already said i was a straight white dude i think that goes without saying a lot of things that's true. That's true. Uh, but anyways, back to Buffy. So we mentioned you don't like Xander. You don't like Willow. I love almost almost all of the characters on the show, but that's just my personality. I love everything. So let's talk about what you guys do love. What are some of your favorite parts of the show? Got real quiet. Just, this is when we find out you guys I didn't know who was. Show. It's just I love the whole show. <laughs> So, I, okay, I, I have one that I can go on a little diatribe. So we talked about some of the weird juxtapositions, like the characters all seemingly the same, but a lot of the the analogies, right? We're talking about the hell mouth, high school is hell, right, all right, of that right. stuff. I really, really enjoyed the show because it was the first one, I think, and it could only work at the time because it married that serialized storytelling with the sitcom mentality or just television as a whole where it's episodic rather than serialized. And it did it in such a way where it had fun with the formula. So it's still Monster of the Week, just like X-Files, right? 
but it serialized and where like they killed that monster and they referenced that they killed that monster the next episode same thing with the romantic relationships they broke up they're still broken up next episode that's not super groundbreaking what was groundbreaking is like any other supernatural show at the time and really any show there were rules about what characters knew and what characters remembered, right? So you have an entire town that's overrun by vampires, but obviously you can't have a fun show if everyone figures out there's vampires. So Buffy's crew understands that vampires and monsters are real. Everybody else in the town doesn't. But throughout the first season and as the series goes on, they break that rule and you find out it was always broken. Everyone has known that there's vampires and there's monsters. The they, just pretend, they just pretend there's not because it's just easier that they way. They can't cope. They can't cope with it, exactly, which was genius and one of the first times that I've seen that in television. But then it continued on where like the meta narrative, uh, especially is it season two or three where the mayor is the main bad guy? It's season three. Season three. Okay, so when he's the giant serpent, right? Mm -hmm. I loved it because you have all of the side characters who mattered not. They were just other high schoolers. They helped fight off the Hellmouth and the giant monster. And it was so meta. And no other shows I had seen break their, their rules, right? You were either A, serialized, or B, episodic. There wasn't. There was X-Files that kind of did both, but they never married the two very well. Whereas in Buffy, totally did. They were like, listen... We are an episodic Monster of the Week show, but everybody remembers everything, and we're going to play with that. We're going to joke about what happened in season one in one offshoot comment. It's the thing I love about sitcoms now that didn't exist at the time. You know, like Friends, everybody has 14 different birthdays, and every actor had changed other than, like, a few of the parents. Whereas, and you get something like Buffy, and it was like, no, 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 everything matters, everything has happened, everything is canon. And I think that just was like a big thing for my nerd brain that canon mattered. Yeah. It's why I, I like mean, soap operas and no one else. Does. I love it's that. I love that in the end, you know, every little person that she helped was like, you saved me. You did right. this thing. Like we are all aware that you are this, that you are our protector. Yeah. But, but we still like high well, school rules. Well, like, we're, we're not going to talk show. about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> I love that aspect of it. So what about you, Charles? Did you ever no pick up on any of those notes? Or were you like, what the fuck is he talking no, about? No, no, definitely. But it's funny that you say that because season three is my favorite season, I think. Yes, same, so same. It's so good. It's so, it's, it's, it's maybe not like as gritty and, and earth shattering, but I mean, like all the stuff with faith that happens at the end, like, I think that it's, you know, up there, definitely. So it's, when you say that, I was immediately thinking like, yeah, that's why it's my favorite because like the, the addition of faith yeah faith yeah, was such like, a good and she's so cheesy but in campy but in such an awesome way yeah exactly yeah i love oh, i mean plus eliza dushku like such an underrated actor and i know a lot of people think she can't like seriously act and she totally can i've seen her in several things not to mention banshee which is an amazing show i don't know if you guys have ever seen banshee i've not seen so Banshee is about a small time crook. He was like a heist, like like diamond like thief guy. And he uh -huh. goes to a small town. The sheriff accidentally dies and he just assumes his, per his assumes his identity and becomes the sheriff of this tiny town. OK, it's so it's so fucking good. Um, but it's it's so it's shot like like obviously like a like a serialized drama, but it's made like a martial arts uh, series. It's so, like there's like okay. serious, serious fight scenes and he learns different fighting techniques and he has like different bosses at the end of each season. It's so good. I could talk about everything all all day. Um, <laughs> sorry, but Eliza Dushku plays a character on there, and she is super serious and has amazing acting chops. And I think because she played such a campy character on 
Buffy, people don't see that a lot. They're like, oh, she did that. It's just she was so good at chewing up the scenery, they just assume that's what she can do. I, yeah, I just, everything that you said is is how I feel. And it all, I feel like, comes to accumulation in season three. When they give her the class protector award or whatever. Right? The class, yeah. I don't even, is that what it is? The protector? Yeah. I think it's something like that, yeah. Um, from like the the prom episode or whatever it is, and I'm like, this is it's like my, <laughs> it's just so like on the nose. And so watching it a little bit older because, like I said, I didn't get to watch it like as it was coming out, kind of thing. So then I was like, well, this makes so much sense and is very very funny to me. <laughs> like, what season is Oz in? Is that season two? Yeah. When all of the werewolf stuff starts going down. Yeah. I I really enjoy season two as well, be, partly because I love werewolf stuff. And I love their portrayal. I know a lot of people don't like his portrayal of a werewolf because like it's like a gorilla suit. Yeah, it looks so low budget. But again, when you think of the practical effects and what they do with it, and probably because I watched it as like a six year old, I was terrified of that stupid fucking gorilla suit and his his face. And it's so so different of a werewolf, but I still believed it. You know, um, again, probably because I was a child. But I love it. It's one of my favorite portrayals, and I love all of the rules because it's set up very similar to like Lon Chaney's you know, werewolf man, where it's like he transforms full moon, they lock him up in a cell so he doesn't hurt anybody, Silver can hurt him, um, and then he starts to learn how to control it. I loved the the vibes when he returned later on. He came back basically like the Hulk. I don't know if you guys have ever mm-hmm. seen the David Banner version of Hulk, like the old TV series, right? Where it's like at the end of the episode, he walks off into the sunlight or into the sunset, and when he returns, he's all zen and like can transform the werewolf whatever he wants because he mastered it, again, similar to the Hulk. I, I just, I loved everything they did with Oz. Plus, Seth Green is so amazing. But what, yeah. definitely one of my favorite parts of the whole series. I, I love... also... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, I'm, go ahead. I was just going to say, I like season two and three, I think, also, because I was way more a fan of Angel than I was of Spike. Maybe unpopular <laughs> opinion, I don't know. So... Same. I but definitely okay. agree. Spike grows on you, though. I love Spike's character. Yeah, I, I didn't love their romance. But, yeah, exactly. I thought better. it was better yeah. when I thought it was better when it wasn't a romance when he was just like, you know, not wanting to help them but helping them. Yeah, that was. Hilarious. I think what they did with Spike was really really good when it comes to like the other characters being surrogates for the audience because the, everybody in the audience was the same as like Xander and, and Will. They're like, really, Spike? Like, are you sure? And especially, I love Giles' whole take on. He's like, really. <laughs> like and that was all of us too and that's why i think it worked because they weren't good for each other and that like ends again spoilers I, I don't know if you picked up the fact that we're spoiling this show that's really old now um but like the the finale when she's like i love you Spike, and he's like you don't like but it's cool that you said it <laughs> like i loved that and like his redemption was so cool because he did love buffy and you definitely believed that and he wanted to be a better person for her, not because he wanted to be a better person. And I really, really enjoyed that storyline. Like, yeah. like it was that it was kind of one sided, and he was more of a rebound for her. I liked that, like as a vampire, he wanted to be better yeah, for her, so he so went cool. and got himself a soul. Yeah, how how interesting! Shopping. About, like, exactly. Right? He was like, Amazon gotta have one of those. <laughs> I loved what they did with that season too, because they keep cutting back and forth to him in some like. Like, I don't know, it seemed like some, like, African country, maybe, but, like, really, he's just, like, in this, like, cave, and you have this strange ritual going on, and you don't know what it's for or why, and when he just shows up, and he's got a soul, it's like, how fucking good is that? He's all, like, nutso in the high school basement, yeah. (laughs) Also, like, 
uh, we talk about Letterkenny, uh, or we have talked about Letterkenny on this show, but also just in our friend circle, as Letterkenny is one of the most underrated shonens of all time. If you don't, know, <laughs> if you don't, I don't know. Have we talked about that with you, Chelsea? No. So, so shonen is, is a term in anime to refer to an anime that's really action focused, but it's usually about a core group of characters that defeats a villain, and that villain sometimes joins the crew and helps them take on other villains. And Letterkenny, at its heart, is a shonen. He, you know, <laughs> Wayne fights a guy, and they join his team, and then they help him fight other guys. And Buffy was one of the first live action shonens I had ever seen. Buffy often, you know fights somebody and they either lose their powers or decide to use them for good as her teammates power up and, and level up to help them fight worse bad guys. And I really always enjoyed that. So like we mentioned, um, you know, Xander getting the abilities of a military guy and Willow becoming a witch. But then you, you talk about Tara joining, you talk about Anya, uh, Anya joining. Who exactly. Who was, was originally a demon. A, de a demon. Exactly. Yeah. But then you have, you have people like faith who switch sides, spike who switch sides. But and faith eventually comes back. Exactly. No, I'm saying yeah. like, they, like, yeah. or, I mean, she, she joins the side of good. Finally, you know, finally, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, like eventually they all join team Buffy. And I really enjoyed that. Especially like the, I think a lot of people, it's controversial too. The normal humans that are later on in the season who are who are bad guys, and one of them eventually kills uh, Warren. Tara Warren. Yeah, who's a piece of shit, and everyone can agree. But Andrew, yep. who joins? But Andrew, who joins, and just like so, the, similar to Spike, they all start out as like almost wards or prisoners of Team Buffy, and just as episodes go on, eventually they just like no longer lock them up, and they're just chilling around <laughs> like the kitchen oh, table. Yeah. Andrew straight up is a prisoner. They have him tied to a chair for a lot of and that. Then, and then like you cut to like almost two, three episodes later, he's making sandwiches. Or he's eating somebody else's takeout from the fridge. <laughs> like Spike, when like they, they come over and he's just eating chips over, <laughs> he's just eating chips with Giles because they're both British. And <laughs> or he is tied up, but he's demanding to watch Passions. Yeah, because he's in the bloody well again. <laughs> I, lo I always loved those references because I was watching Passions, too, at the same time. <laughs> of course you were. Of course you were. <laughs> what wasn't I watching, right? Um, yeah. But I, I loved what they did with it because it felt natural. It wasn't, like, honestly, better than in some shows where it's like, you beat me, I'm on your team. It was like Spike sat there chained in, like, Giles' bathroom as they were feeding him leftover blood from other things for, like, several episodes in a row and eventually gets to Thanksgiving. He's like, well, the fuck, where am I going to go? So he just has Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner with them. But still tied up. But still tied up. It's just, I, <laughs> it's just such a genius way of character development that they did in that show. And uh, Joss Whedon is a, now kind of a controversial character when it comes to Hollywood as a general. There's a lot of accusations of grooming and him cheating on his wife and a lot of other shitty things about how he treats ethically like, like his crew members as well as like the actors. Like There's a lot of stuff on Justice League. So I really, I don't want to, I never want to divorce that. Like if he's a shitty person, which I don't know personally, he's a shitty person, but I can't say I don't love what he did on those shows. When you have something like Firefly who argue or that show arguably does something similar. Buffy was written in such a way that I don't think if it was show ran by other people, like you get something like community where Dan Harmon show runs it for a season or two and then switches to somebody else because Buffy was his singular vision. I think it just it just goes. It just gets better and better as it goes. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, like you said, if he's a piece of shit, if the accusations are true, you know, however it all hashes out, like take take everything with a grain of salt, you know, on that on that front. But 
yeah, I agree with his singular vision. Like, I mean, just look at like the contraptions they put on him for the movie. You know, it's the same necessarily. Like, right thought process. Like, it could have been the same pitch, right? Like, and the two totally different products that end up coming out because of the amount of control and like the amount of his vision that he's allowed to realize. I guess one hundred percent. And I um before like I want to talk about some of the other Buffy stuff. But before we go, can we just talk about how it's awesome that they never dove into? giles darkness like you just like straight up killing people in the background for all seven seasons no one ever gets a whiff of it and it's just awesome but he's just secretly what it, like what was his nickname ripper or whatever ripper yeah. ripper was his name yeah. before he joined them because he was a slayer and a shitty guy before he joined the watchers which i've always loved like he had a life before that was really cool and like he had his own redemption arc beforehand but he was willing to do like the darker shit that buffy wasn't and I, I always really like that, especially like kind of culminating when he kills Glory's other half in uh, season four or five. Is it Ben? Ben. Yeah, yeah. Ben. He just like straight up like, 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 like suffocates, suffocates him. him. Mm-hmm. But like, I, and like he stabs another guy. Giles. So we we're talking about Giles. Darkness. I love that he was just killing people in the background. I've always really enjoyed that. Uh, for like the greater good, like like when he kills Ben, it's because Buffy was like, "Well, we should let him live," and he was like, hey, "We can't chance it." But I won't tell anybody. <laughs> he like stabs it. another dude in another season. I don't want that guilt on Buffy, so I'm yeah. not gonna tell her. I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, I just I, I thought that was really cool. I also really enjoy that Buffy like doesn't really want to do her Slayer stuff, and they kind of yes. have to like make her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he he constantly is like, "Well, Buffy is." a different kind of slayer like when kendra comes and she's like what you're allowed to have friends and date and th- and go to school and he's like well we have to make exceptions for buffy why well <laughs> it just it reminds me a lot of um sabrina like when she goes and sees like the council the wizard council or whatever like, 100%. <laughs> she's like that's actually not what i want to do like at all is there like any way that we <laughs> we could maybe like work around this and they're like ah, it- yes yeah <laughs> exactly there's that whole arc where exactly there's that whole arc where giles is like fuck you to the watcher's crew and he's just like not her watcher anymore and they send the replacement right well and when she has to go through that test and they like drug her yeah, yeah. and um that's in the first season that's like super early that happens that's right? not the first season. no oh, okay no. is it later on yeah oh you're right i'm sorry that's actually way later that's when the military guys show up yeah i think it's was because the four? effects are so bad uh maybe i don't know but the watchers drug her like giles has to drug her she goes into a house where there's this vampire who like takes his meds and she has to beat him but it's like a whole controversial thing for her because she's like she begins to question everything else yeah which is like accurate with yeah but i i i I dug when giles like switched sides and they sent the replacement and the replacement was evil and it's like oh maybe the watchers don't know what they're doing and then he's like oh yeah maybe they never did that's why all the players died Maybe you shouldn't you trust them. Oh, exactly. wait. They've been lying to you, you eventually this whole time? Get... <laughs> <laughs> you eventually get Wesley. <laughs> yeah. I, I love they sent, like, so Wesley was the third replacement, or second replacement, technically, I right? Because they, so. send, they send the lady, and she ends up being some evil, like, witch thing, right? Gwendolyn, maybe? Yeah. And, and then you get Wesley, and Wesley is what will make the pivot, so... Again, there was lots of really good joke characters. You had Xander, but I mentioned Cordelia. And then you have Wesley and their weird on-again, off-again thing I thought was hilarious in the background. Questionable, also, because he was an authority figure, which is kind of fucked up. Um, but also, those people were 40 on that show, so it was always hard to tell. Like, he was supposed to be a fucking teenager. Um, but... <laughs> That's so fair. It's, right? it's so... It's like, okay, I did not look like that when I was 18. And it was really unfair. I, I actually just... <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Cordelia was like one of the oldest um 
cast teenagers or whatever. Like ever, have, yeah. Her and the the like chick from uh, from Ten Things I Hate About You, who played the like the sidekick to the young to Bianca. Oh yeah, yeah. She was like thirty five in that movie, um, but she looks like she's eighteen. It's not fair. Anyways, <laughs> I look like I'm forty and I'm forty. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> um, we we take those joke characters and we move them over to Angel and made them not just serious but like super compelling and i think it was just such a genius move basically they took everyone that that not didn't not work but weren't serious on that show and made them serious on angel and made them but took angel who was very serious and, and, made, him and made him silly yeah he became the buffy of that show and i and i thought that was really really good um but i all i just almost as passionately love Angel as I do about Buffy. I think it's just as good of a show. It's just a different show. It's on, you know, it's more of a noir. He's a private detective for no reason. I loved that. Um, <laughs> you know, like Dame walks into the the room. She's like, I got a case for you. And he's like, I don't know. And then he gets sucked into it every episode. <laughs> yeah, he's got a cigar. <laughs> exactly. Not, you know, exactly. And he has to be celibate, so it kind of gets rid of a lot of, like, the love character drama, which it still pops in there. There's a couple, like, you know, he's got a on-again, off-again thing with one of the cops. Um, there's, you know, the stuff that happens with Darla later on, but because he can't have sex, because that's true happiness for him, which is kind of funny, also a little bit, like, poorly written. Like, you couldn't have tossed in something in like, you can be miserable and have sex. I've seen people do it. My parents were married for 30 years. Um, they have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> but th there was that whole thing so he would turn into angelus again so you had this strange celibate vampire private detective with the two silliest fucking characters from buffy and that show becomes darker and probably 10 times more serious about halfway through um in a good way i really loved the like the la setting and i was gonna say california where you know buffy also is but the the different crossovers that happen back and forth, the introduction of Wolfram and Hart, um, I think is one of the most interesting, like villainous organizations I've ever seen since like, uh, Dr. No, like with all the stuff from like James Bond, you just have this like group of lawyers and their shareholders who are just like, listen, yes, there are demons that want to take over the world, but they're willing to pay us money. So let's just go with it. You know, let's just like, <laughs> even a demon needs a lawyer every once in a while. Um, I love that setting. What do you, what are your guys' thoughts on Angel? Um, well, full disclosure, I haven't finished it, but I love it. Yeah, and... you've, you've made it pretty far in there. You've at least yeah. made it to when Angel has a weird kid dropped on his doorstep, right? I think that's actually where I made it to. Okay. I haven't seen past that. Um, no, I agree with everything you're saying, though, and I love what they did with it, and I love that. Honestly, Angel... I like Angel as a character more in the spinoff. Yeah, I well, think they, like, they they flush him out. He's he's allowed to be funnier. He's not just brooding. He's not just constantly like he just constantly looks like he's in pain. <laughs> like, <laughs> he does. He looks so he looks so miserable because of his character was supposed to be the brooding, like you know, tall, dark, handsome stranger. But I loved the moments of levity that he got on Buffy. Where like there, you always reference that one joke where she, where. Buffy's saying she's having a hard time at school. Career week. Career. And he's like, and, oh, yeah, career week. And she's like, how did you know that? He's like, I lurk. You yeah. <laughs> like, they make light of the fact that he's just, like, has nothing else to do but, like, watch stalk, her. Stalk teenagers. <laughs> but they take those, like, small moments of levity and make him almost the main comedic focus on mm -hmm. Angel. Uh, Cordelia starts out as a joke. and I think one of the best openers of any TV show. It's Cordelia trying to audition for a role. 
and the person the producer is a vampire and she's like are you a vampire and he's like no and he's got like fangs he's in full monster mode he's like no i'm not a vampire he's like you're a vampire i'm from sunnydale like i know this stuff <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like this genius moment um another cool fun fact about angel there was another character doyle he's this irish um demon who can see the future he has like moments of like clairvoyance and he's a really good addition on the show like really really cool foil to angel he's like like a friend that always gets him into trouble because he's always gambling and shit and um also was like a brawler too so it's like someone who could fight on his level where cordelia couldn't um cordelia is kind of like his main like office help and kind of his also like investigator, but she obviously doesn't have any superpowers, right? So she can't fight. So having somebody else there who could was really neat, but they wrote him off the show. He dies at the end of the first season because even though everyone loved the actor, he got along with Joss Whedon and all the other people on the show. He never could memorize his lines and he made every single episode take twice as long to shoot because he never knew what he was supposed to fucking say. So they very <laughs> nicely gave him a really nice send off and wrote him off as like a hero at the end of season one so they could put in somebody else who could do it and what they did was gave his clairvoyant powers to cordelia um they were just like here now you have a superpower because this dude cannot remember any of his fucking lines <laughs> um so for the rest of that show she has supernatural powers and can see the future um which is a weird turn for her character but works really well and then wesley shows up as like a vampire hunter he's been like hunting vampires in the background for years and he becomes their resident watcher who searches stuff like their giles who like i have research i have connections to the you know the council and have connections to people to get us items of like power and shit like that it just was really really cool as that show went on i don't think people talk about it enough and it was one of the first super successful um spinoffs of like a supernatural show like lots of sitcoms had super had like had spinoffs that people loved but it was one of the first times it was like this was like an action supernatural thing and they were like yeah let's spin this off 15 times and there was a very successful one that also was ran by joss whedon which is also kind of crazy yeah i the thing I like the most about Angel, I think, is I like that they made him funny and that they lightened him up a lot. I really enjoyed that. But I also liked the tone of everything with Wesley and Cordelia, sort of like instead of it was hard, I guess, with Buffy because they start out in high school, right? And then they go to college or whatever, but it still sort of feels high school. Mm -hmm. But Angel 100%. never felt that way. It always felt like they were already older because they were you know even yeah. though you had seen them in Buffy. So it felt like they were dealing with more like adult or growing adult issues rather than sometimes like i still got the high school vibe throughout buffy and it's because probably because the first three seasons or whatever <laughs> exactly are... yeah you never had the baggage of them being teens right because they all look like they're 40 but they just let them be 40 essentially on angel even though cordelia is supposed to be like 19 they were just yeah, like you're, exactly. you're 30 now it's fine it's fine <laughs> right well an angel i mean as the main character is like 200 and something so it's a different feel yeah just in general and wesley is an adult cordelia is the only one who was younger and she was arguably more grown up when she left buffy for like, sure and i think that's part like the joke of she's from sunnydale like all those kids saw some shit right? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> ptsd ran rampant through their ranks exactly and then i forget the name of the character but they uh, gun is it Dunn? Is that his name? Gun. 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 Yeah. Who is such an awesome character? He's like this street level, um, like vampire slayer, basically, who yeah. rises up and he gets that badass axe. 
and so like just such a cool character who's like listen i've i've been slaying vampires forever just not like with a team of like watchers and shit so like like him becoming the muscle of that crew was always really cool and seeing sometimes when he would go back to his old gang and they're like you roll with a vampire he's like yeah no no wait this one's cool like <laughs> I, I i really really enjoyed that and again we mentioned wolfram and Hart and stuff but that's now built into the mythology of buffy to where angel sadly gets canceled near the end of buffy's run and they bring in a lot of those elements to finish off in buffy yeah. which i thought was really neat um and the, the and it didn't cross over all the time like actively like buffy was in i think only two or three episodes of all of angel which was on for four seasons but angel came in a couple times definitely yeah. and a lot of characters and monsters and mythos crossed over between both all the time so they never pretended that it was in its, its own little world which again was written by joss whedon um not wholly obviously there was other writers but because he ran both of those shows he had a lot of control which i thought was Again, something that's kind of unprecedented, which we hadn't seen really until the CW shows with Arrow, the Arrowverse. Um, but let's stop like gushing about Angel and let's start talking about the comic books. Um, Chelsea, have you read any of the comic books? No, but I looked over some uh, some <laughs> some overviews today. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Emily is our resident expert, and I know you haven't read all of them, so oh, don't feel like you need to know all of them, right? Yeah um but this was one of the first ones that i know it's not the only one a lot of shows have done this since other joss whedon pro properties in fact but uh it was one of the first ones i had seen where the show got canceled and he was like you know what i'm gonna do this in comic book form fuck it because he owned the ip as well as um got all of the rights to the likenesses of all the characters so when you read the buffy the vampire slayer comic xander looks like xander giles looks like giles buffy looks like buffy and so on and so forth and it feels like the well-written season of television and each arc essentially is a few episodes and each like you like pick up the trade paperbacks is like a season of television so like the first set of trade paperbacks is season eight of buffy and then you get into season nine yeah, and, and he, season picks 10. Up, he picks up right where it would have left off right in the like I, apocalypse is a strong word but the world has fundamentally changed after yeah because yeah, right? they released all the all the magic or whatever and all the slayers came out all the special gifts that we're not yeah. so special. Every, every girl that could be a slayer is all the a potentials. slayer. Yeah. All the potentials. Yeah, all, yeah, figure potentials. That's the word I was looking for. Xander has is missing an eye. Dawn is is a giant at that point. Yeah. Um does she get turned into a giant on the show or is that in the comic book? No, it's in the comic. It's in the comic. I just remember that. Like that lasts for a while. She yeah. becomes a giant. Um but I don't, again, I don't know a lot of the plot points of that one. And I, mm -hmm. I don't want to necessarily ruin it for myself because I'm reading them right now. <laughs> I can say that. Well, there's um, a lot of different, like, there's the different seasons, like season eight and stuff. But then he also did stuff where it's like Angel and Faith. And there's a Willow one, like, that's just about her. It's just like one arc about Willow being a witch. Right. Um, she Spike had a spinoff. Yeah, Spike has a spinoff where... He like I'm pretty sure what from what I remember he goes to space. He goes to space and he meets aliens. That's where they introduce aliens into the mythos of Buffy, yes. which I know sounds hokey, but from what I understand is actually really good and is really interesting. It's how he comes back. I think that was my favorite one, to be honest. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah, I heard because like again, spoilers. He dies in the season finale. We mentioned that, but he comes back after meeting these aliens there's a whole there's a whole big thing and i i was like okay that sounds like he jumped the shark a little bit there <laughs> but again uh from what i understand it's pretty good um i just thought it was interesting they got all the likenesses and that really set a precedent because then he did it same thing with firefly has had several comic book runs 
And also to note, Joss Whedon wrote a lot of the comics, not all of them, um, but he wrote a lot of them and he wrote a lot of the arcs for it and, and handed off some stuff to other writers. So it was still kind of showrun by him, because, which I think is interesting. Because of that, reading it, it still feels like you're watching it. Like That's really cool. The way that the dialogue is, it, like you can hear it like you would hear it in the show. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then also they just started. There's a reboot, right? Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. Um, but one more note on on the on those comic books. They like I said, they mentioned a trend, right? Like some another WB property, Smallville, also followed it up. It got canceled after I think it was season ten, and they did a Listen. season eleven that introduced Batman. And what <laughs> I'm listening. I love Smallville, and we will do at least one episode. <laughs> Hell yeah, we can do Smallville. I love Smallville, especially the later on seasons when they went full DC and you got like Blue Beetle showing up in episodes and stuff. It's such a good show. so, so, so good. So have you like, read the comic book? No, I haven't read it. I didn't know there was a comic book. Yeah, it follows, it's called Season 11 and they introduced Batman in like the first issue. It's really good. So I should Google it right now and probably order it, I think. For sure, for sure. I can send you a link. I think I own it on Comixology. Nice. Um, but anyways, now let's jump into the reboot comic. I like where your head's at because <laughs> I love the reboot comic and it came out of fucking nowhere. Um, have you read, you, you've read at least the first two issues, right? Yes. Chelsea, have you read any of the reboot comic? Mm-mm, I've not. So it did my favorite thing that happens. Like everyone who's listening to the show knows that I have a really a hot take on reboots. I love them. I, I don't <laughs> I know it's weird, but like, I, it's, I love it's, that. It's, it's a hot take, but I do. I love them. I don't think it ruins my childhood. I can still love the original Buffy and love the new Buffy. Go fuck yourself, people. Um, so like same thing with all the other reboots. I just, it's like a cover of a song. I still love the original song, but I can love the cover. I love it when it's done in like different ways or whatever, different genres, covers. You can appreciate that the artist that's doing the cover is still talented. Yeah, it's a different kind of talent. Exactly. And that's how I feel about the reboot comics. So similar to the Dark Horse comics, they have the likeness and not about all characters, but definitely of Sarah Michelle Gellar. It is 100%. It looks exactly like Buffy. Um, at least on the covers. So I don't know about the, the interiors. I don't know if they have the rights because that, that character does look different. The art is done by Dan Mora, one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. He's done some awesome runs on Power Rangers. And he did a lot of the interiors for a lot of the, the Batman anthologies that came out the last couple of years. But Dan Mora is one of the most amazing artists working in comic books today. Go check out his stuff. But he does the art. I can't remember the actual writer. I apologize for the Buffy reboot. I'll look it up. But what they did, and again, this is back to my reboot, like diatribe rant thing, was they took all the elements that already existed and just twisted them a little bit. They just rearranged the the pieces on the board. So it's still chess, but like your pawns over here and your kings over here. And they do similar things, but not the same moves. They just kind of remixed it. And it works really, really well. So to get into it, Buffy moves, still moves to town, makes friends with Xander and Willow, very similar to the first season of the show, right? She meets Giles. He's trying to get her to be Slayer. She doesn't want to be Slayer anymore. But the differences are they just remixed a lot of the elements. So Willow is openly gay from the start. She's aware of it. She has a girlfriend. Uh, Xander is still obsessed with Buffy, but more in a nerdy, like, Facebook stalkery way. Um, Instead of just, like, pining after her, he's, like, trying to write out these notes to her that act as, like, the framing device for every single issue in the first arc, which is really cool. Um, Buffy has to get a job at McDonald's, just like what happens later on in the series. So she gets a job there, like, trying to, you know, 
you know, pay her bills. And that's how she meets Xander Willow, saving them from a vampire. The main bad guy isn't the master. It's Drusilla from day one. And Spike is kind of serving her, but is already trying to find a way out. And he's more of an Angelus character from the beginning. Um, and I, I don't know where that goes. He might also already have his soul back. I, I, I'm not sure. I haven't made it that far into it. But they just took all of these disparate elements and remixed them. And so it still feels like familiar, but you don't know where it's going if you've seen the original. So it's still full of surprises, but still that same flavor. Everyone's super witty. They've updated their pop culture references. And I think there's a little too many. Um, just same thing like when you watch it and like she's referencing 90s shows, it feels a little outdated. And you read it now, even it came out, I think, last year or the year before, and it already feels a little outdated. Like uh, like a mention of The weekend. It's like The weekend's not not popular anymore, but he's not as popular as he was two years ago listen why are you trying to fight me again because i know you like the weekend so i was trying to be hip on all things that you that you know he just i'm gonna let it go and we can talk about it when we're not on the air but (laughs) you're you're wrong first of all so as somebody who's read both comics what did you think of the reboot comic honey you keep doing that i'm sorry i (laughs) i keep knocking my water and hitting my keyboard i really only reading the first two ep- uh, issues. Issues, yeah, I want to call them episodes because I'm still in that mindset. But I really like where it's going. I like that it's just updated in the way that Willow, she just already is out, yeah. and they're they're not doing the whole. I don't know her pining after Xander. Yeah, him not seeing her like. And it's because he was already pining after Buffy and then he was pining after Cordelia. Well, he pines after he... whoever he can't have at the moment. Right, right. And he doesn't, I mean, he still kind of does that in the comic book, but it's just after Buffy and it's more of an awkward, like, uh, like I'm too afraid to talk to you rather than like how weird. Sabotage ner- everything. Exactly. Like how desperate he was in the original. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I just really like it. I like, I'm excited too, as somebody who's, seen all of Buffy. I watched the movie. I watched the show. I've read a lot of the other comics. It's fun for me to read something new where, like you said, I don't know where it's going. There are surprises. It's keeping me interested where I don't feel like I'm just reading the book of Buffy from the beginning. Again. Right, like, right. It's like when you read a book of a movie you've already saw, it's like, well, I already kind of know. It's different, but like, I know who Jon Snow's parents are. Yeah. I know like, you know, <laughs> like I'm not interested because I know the story. I've seen it. I can go watch it if I want to. So them starting from the beginning, but as a reboot, doing it differently. It's fun. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, also to note, like there are already spinoffs to it. Like there's a Hellmouth crossover because there was uh, uh, ran- go ahead. Uh, randomly it dropped. They did a Angel and Spike comic uh, without telling anybody. It just came out like a few issues into the Buffy uh, thing. They just like were surprised. Here's an Angel and Spike series, which is also really, really good. And then they did the Hellmouth crossover between the two. That's actually still going. That's a really good comic as well. But it just kind of comes out of nowhere with those. Um, but another really cool thing that it does, like we mentioned what happened with Angel, is they kind of retcon Darla. So she became this more mythological figure into the, like the mythos of Buffy and that world, same with like Wolfram and Hart. But the comic book, because that show's done, the other comics already exist, 
it doesn't just get to remix what happens in season one. It got to remix all of those elements. So you already get Wolfram and Hart references in issue one. You already get references to Darla and the key, you know, and Dawn and all this stuff in issue two, issue three. So you get all these really cool elements that they didn't figure out in a writer's room until season four or five, but they already know them in season one in quotations of the first like issue, which is really, really cool. They get to play with all of the toys already when they didn't get to until way later on. Chelsea still there. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I had muted I... it because I, I didn't have anything to say on the comics and then my screen went dark. So it took me. It's all good. Just to let you guys into my, my real life for a little bit. My wife just had to run off and put one of my kids back to bed. So, <laughs> uh... um, I know, right? <laughs> it's just that's just life of being parents. Um, so, did you have any other fun facts that you want to drop before we go for Buffy? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, so there's only eight episodes that they didn't have a vampire in. Fun fact: that's it was so never. Crazy. That seems like yeah. a lot for a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> that there that there were only eight, or that or that there was either way. I guess you could take that. either. I, either way, it's interesting. The fact that there are any is interesting to me but also eight seems like such a like a low number in comparison to any other show on any other one singular element where it's like yeah of course there would be several episodes without vampires but this is a show called buffy the vampire slayer there were eight episodes where there was no vampires exactly um i guess that also uh josh whedon had talked about some of his like original inspiration for the concept was he wanted to restore agency to blondes in horror movies that always died that's really cool you know, that was, like, sort of, like, fueling part. Of, I mean, even for the movie, though, like, that was, yeah, that was, like, the intent was, and I mean, you can see it there, but it's just not done as well as it is in the show. Right. One of the things that, like, we didn't really mention at all, but I think is really, really important, like, on that note, is that they threw in all those extra real-world elements as well. So, like, the episode where there, where her mom dies, she doesn't die from a vampire attack, she dies from a brain aneurysm. You know, Tara doesn't get killed by some demon, she gets shot accidentally. You know, there's a lot of those little moments where they break the formula of the show with such impact, because it's still... Yeah, because you, would, you would expect world. it you would expect it to be from something supernatural and, Oh, you know, then you can't draw parallels to your own life, but her mom just being dead when she gets home, that's something that could happen to literally anyone, you know, that was also another really interesting rule of the show. It's like, essentially if something bad happened in a mundane way, you can't fix it. Like if it was supernatural, yeah, there's, they couldn't, there's they ways couldn't to get around it. But... Yeah, exactly. They couldn't search hell and bring him back. And you know, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna do a supernatural episode as well right <laughs> like I, I love supernatural to be honest uh the road so far and we do a recap of all of our episodes it's um, carry so, on please. <laughs> so what other what other fun facts do you have or is that is it all um just that uh the musical episode um was banging i mean that's not really a fact I mean, it is a fact, but, but it's also my opinion. But. I mean, it showcased Joss Whedon's love of musicals, right? Where, like, and also, like, he loves Shakespearean stuff, but like, he, much ado about nothing, obviously, and Bantameter. Like, yeah, he has like a rhythm to his writing with all of the witty stuff. But then you had that episode. But then you had Doctor, um, Doctor, is it Doctor Evil? What was the no? Uh, the Dr. sing along Hor- blog, Doctor Horrible, Horrible sing along blog. Yeah, which is Joss Whedon and that crew and fully musical, and you can see that in that episode of Buffy, which has its own album, like he took it seriously. It wasn't just like, we're going to do a musical episode. It's like, no, 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 we went all out. 
they actually performed all those musicals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had dance numbers. Again, they put out an album of it. Like, come on. It's so good. Um, Ryan Reynolds was supposed to play Xander. Originally turned it down. It's interesting that he turned it down because what was he doing at the time? Like two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Like that was kind of his start. Um, uh, you guys both looked at me like I was crazy. Do you not know two guys, a girl in a pizza place? No clue. I don't know if that came out before. I guess waiting was 2005. I definitely thought it was the 90s. No, no, no. Waiting was way after. Two guys, a girl in a pizza place was Ryan Reynolds' first vehicle. 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in 98. So yeah, he must have. Yeah, kind of a cult classic. I know not a lot of people love it. I loved it. It lasted four seasons. It's very, very funny, but I haven't seen it since I was six, so maybe it's super offensive. It's not, so, yeah, or maybe um, it's not funny. It looks like yeah, maybe it's not funny, it, too. Exactly. So. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It was very Cheers-esque, you know, or uh, Three's Company, you know. Uh, <laughs> will they, won't they? Yeah, thruple type thing. Um, I thought it was very funny. Eventually, they dropped the pizza place, too. They no longer had the pizza place. Just two guys and a girl very two and a half men type thing um or uh a- another reference to the three's company eight rules for dating my teenage daughter which eventually just became eight simple rules right mm, yep yep uh, anyways <laughs> ryan reynolds almost plays dancer that would have been a really weird difference he definitely would have been more of a standout and obviously we saw where ryan reynolds career went where the guy who played xander didn't do much of anything right yeah Exactly. I mean, he had a few roles, but not not too much. He went to rehab, um, sadly, as these stories often like do. That's kind of what happened. Well, good for him for getting help, though. Hopefully, exactly. Yeah. Um, those other writers too that I mentioned, I, I couldn't figure them out for the the reboot comic. Uh, Jordy Belair and Jeremy Lambert. Just as a note. Um, so I guess like any other notes that you guys want to add on Buffy? I still really like the show. I think it still really really holds up. You should I- watch it. I think it holds up. I think that all of the um, undertones and like lessons and themes still apply. Yeah. Um, it's definitely weird watching it again as an adult because teenagers at the time were so different and it was such a different experience. It's still like universal as teenagers, but the beer like... episode, it's like the perfect <laughs> highlight of how like <laughs> college <laughs> Uh, it's it, it, again it, like there are moments that don't stand up obviously <laughs> um if you have to get into it it's like it's hard because it is hard watching it like it doesn't the the graphical fidelity isn't quite there when you look back at it just like uh while i think some of the monster effects are still cool like trying to watch it now it's like okay that's really rough it's still in 4-3 for the majority of the series and um, very grainy because you know it's recorded. I was just gonna some, say like, it. Film. It looks super grainy. Yeah. Whenever but... they, whenever they animate plants, <laughs> it's, just, it's just somebody scooching it forward with a wire. Um, very similar. Like if you watch Goosebumps, like however many like living plant episodes there were on Goosebumps, same type of thing going on. There weren't a lot of animatronics. Let's put it that way. Um, but I, I, I recommend the comic book, even if you're not big fans of the show, which would be weird if you listen this far into this podcast and you're not a big fan of the show, because, uh, the, the comic book is really, really good and a really good reboot, like a really good fresh start. So it's still fun to read if you weren't a gigantic fan, but even more if you are a gigantic fan. Um, and also Sarah Michelle Geller is just killing it over on Instagram with all of her, uh, porn tips. She is. Yeah. <laughs> porn tips. 
that's like she's got like a little thing i know like, it's to... just funny yeah everything has to be a funny quick hashtag now 100 and if you thought that was really funny one of the the main players on snl parodies it on a weekly basis doing her best sarah michelle geller impersonation which is also funny so what i do is i watch sarah michelle geller's corn tips and then i go and watch the the snl uh uh um parody a parody of it basically and it's not on snl but it's one of the actresses from snl and i watch her version of it um yeah you can tell quarantine's getting to me yep <laughs> anyways <laughs> right right if you like this and you want more of these podcasts head on over to campykilledcreations.com if you liked it a lot you can give us a buck or two at patreon.com slash campykilledcreations and back us there you get bonus content extra content early content and if you really really like this stuff and you back us you could hear my wife emily on more episodes of shows because we have a few goals over there one of which is to get her on more podcasts with our show i show my wife stuff you can hear us argue more about why she didn't watch buffy when i recommended buffy and she watched Buffy later on when somebody else recommended Buffy. I'm not crying, you're crying. Um, you can also check out our web comics over there, like D and Do This, which is drawn by me, or The Adventures of Lulu and Ronnie, which is drawn by Emily. Thank you. Chelsea doesn't draw shit. For the shout out. Uh, she I'm goes not to artist- I'm, not, I'm not artistic, is what I will say. <laughs> <laughs> not in that way, at least. Um, you go to law school. No one's no one's putting that on you. Yeah, that's um, not like an art. I don't know if you know this. That's not heavy in art majors. But... I just meant you don't have time to to, to draw things. Well, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for everyone listening. If you want to email us, ask questions, anything like that, you can email us at campykillcreations at gmail.com. We appreciate all your feedback. If you want to drop specific feedback with stars next to it, you can drop a review on any of the podcast apps that you want to if you're listening on amazon i saw a big influx over there thank you so much for listening if you can review over there go ahead and do that if you can't just thank you for listening i guess i don't know how the amazon podcast app works yet uh but i appreciate all the new subs um i don't have anything else announced uh you can follow me at resident stevel on twitter you can follow all the can't be killed creation stuff at can't be killed creations or can't be killed pod on all the different social media do you girls want to plug your handles? I know you don't do a lot of public facing stuff, but I will ask anyways because it's in the script. No, I don't think so. No. All right. All my stuff <laughs> Emily, to your stuff. <laughs> Emily just straight up no. No. <laughs> not about that. I don't wanna. All right. I'm going to turn this off and go watch Buffy. This has been <laughs> right in the feels. Thank He's you not lying. for listening. We're in season two again. <laughs> <laughs> and we're out.